0: good evening and welcome to the first episode of super deluxe Gamecast for 2021 2020 is but a memory now but a a bitter a bitter disgusting rotting memory and uh and and we're moving into what is hopefully going to be a much uh a, a much better year uh we're no not so far <laughs> We'll, we'll, you know, yeah, 2021 is the new 2020. Um, But, uh, but, (laughs) but, but, you know, coming off, we've been on break for the holidays for a few weeks. And we were just talking in the Discord today about how much we missed the show and how much we missed each other. And it's nice to sit down and, Feel, feel regular again on a Thursday night. We got a lot of good content coming for you this year. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick back into getting our pre-recorded stuff out. You're gonna have more after hours content. Uh, it's gonna be a great time. we're We're really excited to see uh, what 2021 holds for SDGC. We're gonna keep going strong as always. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to our former castmates matt and uh, and Zach. They started a new podcast called Matchpoint. Uh, and it's really fucking good. It's really fucking good. Their first few episodes focus on um, focus on the story behind the Hitman franchise, Um, and they've even got they've got really good promo artwork for it too. Uh, And it's just it's super cool. So go check them out on uh on SoundCloud and Spotify and all major podcast services. It's called They Match just Point. have
1: really good chemistry together.
0: They, they do. They really They're
2: wonderful people. I love they
0: really people. do. They really are. And it's so nice to see them striking out and and doing their own their, their own thing and 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 you know, bo- of course, both of them are so incredibly talented. Uh I I I expect great things from them uh in the future. But speaking of great things, look at this. We're all back together and look, Rev is back. This is cool. Rev is back.
3: Hi me oh <laughs> uh, this is nice oh, this feels oh. normal this feels like a nice cozy thursday night mm-hmm. like yeah, it is it is <laughs> and this is really cool too because i i think i think i've been on a show with britney before i don't remember what the con no Uh uh-uh. maybe maybe i've just been on a voice call with you but okay, okay so I, i've never been on a show with either britney or cj before and i love this this is good I'm it
0: is be. i'm
1: excited
0: CJ was bringing the heat before
2: we came. Well, before we went live too.
3: Like no. CJ
2: was enjoy the cozy now before we're all screaming at each other in a half hour. Well, Why oh, would we yeah. be? This
3: is a nice podcast. Yes, nice. you I have a I'm very a
2: nice different podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we... Nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't worry. She'll she'll remember in about five
2: minutes. Um. But uh,
0: the second no, Finn I tr- starts
3: insulting my game of the year, twice, yes, absolutely. Or you and know, it, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna up be honest.
2: on his best behavior tonight. I'm I gonna- sure <laughs> will
3: I'm not. No, nope. oh my god, wow, Finn,
0: Finn, Finn. Oh my god, I, so I this feel is like it's
1: just caught it. Like, I know, I like Hold on, hold on. I'm so glad that we upgraded. I'm this
4: so is the, the most upgraded Finn's microphone.
5: This We're is the back. most I have talked. This is the most I have talked in a consecutive fashion in a month. And he's gonna be worn I, out, too worn out to
6: insult your your game, Reb.
3: It's wild. This is the like. I mean, I don't, I don't go anywhere. We're in a lockdown. I've been in a lot. We've all been in this lockdown since March. And if you don't have a job that has you going out, which I don't, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I haven't heard because. I haven't heard another human being cough in like, like 10 months, but because (laughs) because I'm so conditioned to be afraid of that now, that was terrifying. (laughs) Man,
5: I mean, it sucks because you have to understand with the pneumonia, I've been told that this cough is going to persist for like another three to six months. Oh shit. And and then my lungs are just desecrated. So it's fun. It's cool. (sighs) It's cool. Oh, fun fact. I just want to tell everyone, uh, because now I can look back on it and laugh, but I was 1% oxygen away from being put on a respirator and, and oh, sent to the ER. It's
1: not funny. Like, Where well, I will never be funny, Everybody. no matter how much time I, I can
5: look back on it now and be like, whoo, dodged that bullet. But at the time, I was like, oh, no. And- Everybody
3: do everything you can to try not to get this. Yeah. Sometimes, this is no shade to you because I know you're doing everything you can, but... God.
2: Yeah, now is not the time to throw a coup. Stay Mm. home. Yeah, don't do that. And And now is also not the time to to flood the
5: streets. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Don't go to those college
2: sports games.
0: I I also want to point out that I, I called Finn today to tell him something, and as soon as I, as soon as he picked up the phone, there was, he, it was, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh. I had to, I was like, ah, and I was driving. I almost swerved off the road. I was like, Finn, are you dying? I'm like, holy shit. And he was like, and he was like, I'll be at the podcast tonight. And I'm
1: like, will sure?
3: be at the podcast. <laughs> That's what you sound like, John. That's not what Finn sounds like. That's what John sounds like.
1: I'll be at the podcast. Ah, uh, look, <laughs> all I
5: know, <laughs> all I know is Dual Daddies is gonna be awesome. God, I'm so excited.
0: That artwork is so good.
5: And this is the longest I have ever had my beard grow at. It, yeah, I, look, I am so disheveled right now.
0: I I think think you're, you're great. Very you're sagely. You're about a quarter of a way from me at my longest beard point in Afghanistan. Like you're, you're getting there. Like, like, like you've, you've got another, like, I don't know, six inches, seven inches to go, but, but yeah, no, dude, it's looking good. It's looking real good. I also want to point out real quick before we get started, uh, that I just recorded, uh, an episode of the Cozywood Kitchenette with Reb on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Reb, Reb, when does that really, when does that drop?
3: I know my calendar. Remember what dates are. Um, so there is an episode dropping tomorrow, but it's not yours. Actually, the episode right. tomorrow that's dropping is uh, the Flapjacker from Bug Snacks uh, with Seth,
5: <laughs> one of the developers <laughs> of
3: Seth, one of the developers of Bug Snacks. And then in two weeks, on the 29th, ninth, uh, I will have John on, uh, and we will uh, attempt to redeem ourselves. Well, I will attempt to redeem myself. John might help um, by making a pizza from Overcooked too.
0: so so, and i i you're right like you know i just want to say that uh recording with reb was one of the best uh one of the best uh podcasting experiences i've had in a long long time Um, oh don't butter me
3: up before the game of the year discussion no
0: no, i'm serious no 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 no. it is i i have i've been listening since you started it i i know this podcast it's still you know it's still new but but it is so good and your opening script especially is just like it feels like a really warm wholesome like Uh, like npr podcast about games i could sit down and listen to with something warm to drink you know like it's just really i really love it it's so cool thank you so much for having me on no
3: thank Um, you you're you're wonderful as well you were a fantastic guest John, john and I had a really, really good conversation, and I'm excited for people to be able to hear it. Yeah, me too, Aww. me too.
0: But really there sweet. are other things to talk about tonight, and yeah. that is may I make some, uh, some announcements? Final Fantasy VI: The ins and outs of Final no, Fantasy VI. Yes, I have, so, I have, so I have contrary guys, to popular please, belief, oh you
7: can't
5: actually rescue General Leo. <laughs> you, um, can't. you can It's with right a game up-
0: genie. You can with a game genie.
5: Well, not legally, and it's kind. Of, it's a lot like when people try to re- uh, revive Aerith. You just you can You're gonna see I a have lot announcements of things I have on to the internet make before we do can. our
6: very long show. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. right. I <laughs> would like to try us try to go after. one the fucking best... episode without Final Fantasy. VI Saban is barging through the door. Like an You never have to worry
0: about, about that with same, me.
5: Same. You mean bum rushing through the door and then two fucks in the podcast. All right,
0: let's let 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 Derek kick it off. Derek, why don't you take this okay. away? Okay. So
6: a couple of announcements. Um, beginning in this year should be starting with this episode. We are now partnering with the fine folks at But Why Though. Uh, so we are now part of the But Why Though extended family. Um, we you're gonna see a lot of crossover between a lot of us, a lot of their. Writers and talent are going to start showing up on our um, after hours and review discussions. And we're going to be putting some, pushing out some content for them. And our podcast is going <coughs> to be featured on their site. Um, we're going to partner with them on some like charity events and such throughout the year. It's going to be a great time. Uh, please check out But Why Though. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to, I can write that out in the chat. It's uh, But Why Though, but with Though only being T H O um and then part of that is but why though hosts regular giveaways uh one of those kind of like oh you know follow the various platforms and sign up for xx giveaway well we're going to be keeping track of that in our chat with this lovely new nightbot command i just set up 20 minutes ago uh so if you exclamation mark giveaway i will be keeping that up to date with whatever but why those current um promotional giveaway is uh, but yeah it's it's super exciting to be working with them uh we love kate uh, Kate is is fantastic. All of them are fantastic. It's
1: the whole community. Yeah, yes, they're, they're really good. Great. They're good.
6: Yeah, yeah.
5: Finn, buddy. So you might be asking, but why though? And the answer is because they're awesome.
6: I love you, Finn. I mean that. With you, no, better. He's better, guys. Yep, he's back. <laughs> he's, uh, we got him. He's I mean, practicing.
3: We, we, he's been making dad jokes his whole life, but here, very <laughs> soon, they're going to be actual dad jokes.
0: I love how yep. I
2: love how everybody's like, "Oh, he's better," and immediately Finn's like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah." There was this collective moment on Twitter like, a couple weeks ago where he he hadn't tweeted much for like a week, and then he just threw like two puns out there, and everyone is just like, "Oh, yeah, you're you're he's fine.
5: fine. He's Finn's gonna yeah, be okay. Finn's fine. Uh, that's,
6: that's good. All time. right, that's what I've got. I needed to get the but why though announcements out there uh, since this episode should be the first one that gets featured on the site, so."
0: Jeff is looking very good with this. Is his new uh, ring light too? Like yeah. I've, I've noticed that. Like I was Jeff, is looking very,
7: very, way head. too
3: much of this. <laughs> Jeff, I think you're
0: Jeff looking looks very good vibrant. all the time. Jeff, you are a handsome, man. handsome man. person.
1: Yeah, everybody on this he's... podcast looks swell. This is a very good-looking looking. podcast.
0: We are mm-hmm. a really good-looking podcast. Really, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to pull any punches about that. No. All good. right. Uh, so yeah, game of the year stuff. <laughs> um, so, so we obviously we're not talking about game of the year for 2021. Um If Final Fantasy 16 comes out, we already know that's I
3: haven't finished true. a video game in um, 2021
0: yet. Aww. I've Wait. I've already finished two. Is that bad? No, I have.
3: Yeah. That's a lie. No, I didn't.
0: But we are. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I finished a TV I, I know show.
3: <laughs> I finished a TV show.
0: So what we're going to do today are are we, are we? So we're just doing game of the year. We're not doing runner ups. No right? runner like ups. Be, I, I think correct. we've done okay. runner
6: ups in the past, and I think it works better for us to just focus on our game of the year. We have a little bit more time for us as a group to talk about each game. Um, okay. So we have six games that we've collectively decided upon as game of the year. Two of those got multiple people on them. So I guess we'll start with the four that got one vote, and then move on to the two that got two votes uh john where do we want who do we want to to kick it off you know what
0: it's been a while since reb has been on and we all missed her a great deal and no. so and it, it just it like like yeah reb you go first
3: okay well i mean you know you know everyone knows well, I what my game of the year it. is we you, wanna wanna hear you know you of course it's animal crossing and i i have written about this if you'd like to hear my read my written words on the game of year i did article at games you could read um, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, okay. So I, I, you know, I, you know, I love Animal Crossing. I have loved Animal Crossing, you know, for, for forever. I played so much Wild World. I played so much New Leaf. And I, from about the time when New Leaf kind of started to flag, you know, I have been screaming on the internet about trying to get at the time a Wii U Animal Crossing, because that was the console we had, um, and later on a Switch Animal Crossing. And I just have not shut up about it since. Um, and I, I, you know, it's very rare, I think, uh, for people to very much want a sequel to something, and then for that sequel to be kind of every, kind of everything that they want and more. And I can't speak for other people, but New Horizons was very much everything I wanted from an Animal Crossing sequel and more. Like, like it did not, I aside from maybe like a little bit better online play, which I was never going to get from Nintendo to begin with. Um... There really wasn't anything about New like everything about New Horizons was just Animal Crossing, but better and more, which was exactly what I wanted. Like, it doesn't need to be anything different. It doesn't need to be anything innovative. It just needs to be this, this little, happy, pretty playground that I can hang out in with all my animal friends. And I, you know, it came out, it came out, you know, right when the pandemic hit and right when lockdowns hit. And so there was a lot of there's a whole lot of discourse about how, you know, oh, it's the game everybody needs in 2020, and for a while it was, and I think a lot of people fell off of it, but I am an Animal Crossing person, and um, I know myself, I know a lot of other people, too, who just never fell off of it. You know, I, I would sometimes leave for, like, a week or two, but I would always come back and play, like, a little bit every day, and honestly, it has been my constant throughout the entirety of 2020. Like, I have played all of the seasonal events, I have, you know, you know popped in at least every couple of days just to say hi to my neighbors, um and I, I have done everything. I have, I have Blue Rose people um i have i have like um i think well my museum's almost done i still have some sea creatures left to get um because those came out a little bit later like the the deep down but um you know i have because i want time travel but like i have basically everything done in my town like i have perfect little villagers i have everything laid out the way i want it like i'm done but i still show up every day because it is just so pleasant to go to this little space and interact (coughs) with these creatures and and talk to them and have have just these pleasant little virtual people who are happy to see me and want to tell me about their lives and want to give me gifts and want to want to ask me for favors and i can do things for them and i remember when the update came out a few months ago and it was this big deal that you could sit on the ground next to them and we all lost our collective minds because it was just so pleasant to see them sitting there eating a donut and you could just sit next to them and that was it and it was just it was just beautiful and pleasant i animal crossing is a kindness simulator to me um it That's is it is this it. it is this game where i can just exist in this little community that i can nurture and take care of and love and have characters that nurture and take care of and love the player character and honestly like that's that's what i need that's what i need all the time um that's what i needed in 2020 but i i would have been this way i think no matter what year it came out um i don't know how long i will keep playing new horizons i think eventually i will stop because you know eventually you do but you know i'm i'm still playing it and i'm still loving it and it just it consistently makes me happy every single time i pop into it there's always like some new delight or new like little small thing to run into and i it is the game that made me the happiest this year, and so it's you know an easy choice.
0: Well, and there's a there's another free update coming out in a few months, right? Yes, like, they keep right.
3: rolling them out.
0: Do yeah. we, do we have any idea? Do you have any idea what this entails? Or
3: I don't know. Um, I would assume that the one in February will involve Carnival. Um, I think they have maybe oh. teased that because um, there's a character for Carnival. Um, a big old peacock, uh, if I remember, from New Leaf. Um, I don't really know what that'll entail. Uh, we've, they've data mined uh, Brewster's Cafe um, in the game. But no, they, we thought that would come out in the fall update, but it hasn't shown up yet. And I know everyone's very excited to see Brewster. So I'm, I'm interested to see when that'll show up.
0: Finn, you got your hand up.
6: Speak up.
5: I just want to say that I am very happy this game has brought so much joy to so many people. Thank and you. that's all I got.
3: Oh, yeah. thanks, Finn.
6: That's so You know, I'm in an interesting position because I've played like 0 minutes total of the entire Animal Crossing franchise. Um I I I did not play Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh but I think that if you were to ask me to pick a an objective game of the year, right? Not necessarily the game that I mm-hmm. enjoyed the most, but I think the game that was most important to 2020. I think I would be putting that on Animal Crossing. I mean, when I look back on 2020, 10 years from now, and I think of a single game that defined the year, it's going to be Animal Crossing. And, and, and part of that is just the time that it came along. It came along right at the beginning of a really rough lockdown period that has never truly let up. This pandemic has been brutal To us and we've lost a lot of our ability To socialize in person With other people uh, at least assuming you're being Responsible but Animal Crossing has brought a lot Of people together and it's brought people a lot Of very small and Simple and wholesome joy in a year That desperately needs it and it has never Stopped being Big popular Relevant front of the headlines I know that that Martha has put something like five hundred hours into the game That's this year. That's about where I'm at, yeah. Um, and any game that can do that to people uh, is something special. Um, yeah,
3: I think you're. I think you're exactly right too. Like, I've gotten. I, I can't. I know. I know. Everybody has written a damn article about this, but I cannot emphasize like how how much Animal Crossing was a game for socializing this year. I went to. Um, I, I went to a graduation in Animal Crossing. Um, I went to multiple birthday parties. Um, I went to, um, Mr. Dellaby pointed out in chat. I went to, uh, Rami Ismail's, uh, I believe, I believe it was a Suhor meal, um, that I went to. Um, yeah, I was there too. You weren't at the same one as me though, were you? No, no, you no, no. Yeah, but like a bunch of people went to those and that was really cool. It allowed, it allowed me to sort of like, very different from how it would normally be, but it allowed me to like get this like window into a a a holiday that i do not personally celebrate from a culture that is not mine but it was really cool to be a part of that it was so exciting and like really nice and i got to meet people that way and it was really fun um you know i've been i I, i've talked to people and interacted with them and it's been really cool like yeah i know i know there's video games like like fortnite lets you do emotes at people but animal crossing like you know has emotes and has like interactions that even though they're limited in some ways you can sit um but but a lot of them are like a little more human I think in some ways just because of kind of the range that you're given um and, and the sort of ways that you're able you're you're empowered to like interact with people. It's not it, it's a, it's limited in some ways. Like online is limited and ultimately you're still doing it through a virtual avatar, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it's been really really special.
1: Well, that's one of the things I loved about it and I think that was when um the Discord was the most active was when Animal Crossing first came out. Like that sub chat was popping because everybody Ooh. was selling stuff and wanting to get recipes and you know turn well, Sunday. It was what are the just, prices what are the prices right like it was such um like just a feeling of togetherness you know like you had to work together and it forced you to really hang out with people in a time where you couldn't physically so i think it was really important to have that at that time yeah, Rev, uh, you so, know, kind of
4: like sorry, John. I just no, wanted no, no, to, like, CJ, try to please, think. Please, so, please. you know, you mentioned that's a kind of simulator, Rev, and how you were able to attend all its events. Like, um, to that point, I, I'm not into sim games, right? I only put yeah. in like six hours in animal Crossing New Horizons, um, but I mostly did it because, um, so my girlfriend and and, and waypoint set podcast co host, uh, Christine, she she got the game, she was excited for it, she was all in. I got my Switch Lite about a month after it came <laughs> out, and she had me download it from her account. She's like, "Let's let's play it. Let, let me show you around and do all this stuff." Um, you know, like right. That was at the beginning of the pandemic. We couldn't see each other for like yeah. what, like three or four months. We had dates. If you go on yeah. on my Twitter um, back in like April, you know, move past all the Simpsons screenshots. If you go down like to like April, March or April, you'll see like my little Animal Crossing avatar, her little Animal Crossing avatar, like having lunch in her like in her village that is way better than anything I will ever build. <laughs> um, all this time she put she showed me through her museum. She has, like, all this artwork in her house. I had a tent um, with the cot and a Nintendo yeah. Switch, and that's about <laughs> all I did. Like, yeah. That's it. But the fact that, you know, I was able to you know, do something as close to, you know, like, a, a date at a time where no one could, like, that really meant a lot to me. I'm not going to play this game ever again, but I, speaking <laughs> like, speaking to that, like, it, 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 it really... You know, brought something like that. I, you know, not everyone could could get in in this sort of like what is it? Uh, trying time.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah in And these and, and times. Imran did. Ex- Imran and I did exactly the same thing. Like we've had multiple dates in Animal Crossing, and I think I think also along those lines, something that it's let me do is. um I think one of the frustrations of being um, in a long distance relationship um, is that like it's harder to sort of do kind of like little surprises for your partner. Like I can't just like like bring over cookies or something and surprise him with that. Like I, I just physically can't do that. There, there's a few things I could do, but like, like some things are limited. Um, and I have been able to a few times, so, like even though he's not really playing actively anymore, I can send him a message and be like, Hey, there's a meteor shower on my island. Do you want to come look at it with me for like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever? And he'll come over and we'll just like sit and watch the stars and talk for a little bit. Or I had him, I don't come over for the, um, the Northern lights recently. Um, and that was really, really cool. Cause those are like these like really rare, like special events that you could just come over and see. I was actually really bummed out. I found out, um, after it had happened. And I, again, I don't time travel. Um, But I found out that apparently um, the sunrise and sunset on January 1st in Animal Crossing is exceptionally bright. Uh, So normally you can't see the sun. Like, it's obviously lit, but, like, the actual sun itself is, like, always just off screen. Um, But on January 1st, you can actually see the sunrise and the sunset um, because—and I— I'm probably, like, butchering this, but um, there there was a Reddit thread about it, and I guess there is a, a tradition in Japan of, like, like watching the first, first sunrise and the first sunset of the new year or something to sort of welcome in the new year, and that's why they did it. Um, and it, the screenshots looked incredible, and I'm so bummed out that I missed that because I had no idea that was in there! And, like, unless you data mine, like, how would you ever know? It was just this, like, little surprise for people who happened to see it, and that is... I love that. That's so cool.
0: You know, some of my... Um... Some of my favorite content uh, or some of my favorite stuff on, uh, from last year on Twitter were the pictures, Reb, of you and Imran in Animal Crossing just sitting on a log at night on the beach looking up at the stars. And, and when, I saw, when I see stuff like that, it reminds me, or it doesn't even remind me, it just drives home the, um, just the ability that games have to, to bring us together uh, and, and make us feel connected to each other. Uh, in times of you know in in in, in times that difficult are trying. times I mean, right? Like yeah 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 in the most trying of times like <laughs> we're living through a pandemic right now and last year around you know the March April you know May time frame when we're you know this is all so new to us and and we're 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 all you know the world is going so fast and things are happening and we're all just struggling to catch up. Um, something like and unless something like Animal Crossing comes along right and I, and I truly believe. That Animal Crossing would have se- would have been a massive success without absolutely the but reminder,
3: it's sold New Leaf sold a crap ton of copies on the DS. Yeah. Not as many yeah. as New Horizons, like it, but a- it did sell a lot.
0: You know, you, you know, people say, you know, oh, Animal Crossing really, you know, like was held because of what was going on. I'm like, eh, I mean, it, it it's was. one of Nintendo's most popular franchises, but but I I think that it's it, it wasn't even just so much Animal Crossing as that people realized. That that you know, for for individuals who live, you know, even just to stay away from each other and can't see each other on a regular basis, video games are a medium that that can actually allow us to spend time together, even if, even if that time is virtual and not physical. Um, and you know, with the advent of VR, um, like you know, VR technology is getting more and more innovative every single year. Uh, and and I you know it, it it makes me think of games like Animal Crossing that that does, are able to bring us together uh, when we're not able to 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 be there with each other and that was just one of the most magical things about the game for me was the ability to just spend time with friends uh, through a what was a very difficult time for everybody and we were all able to forget the world around us for a little bit and I think that was that that's the real magic of Animal Crossing to me.
3: Yeah, it was it was a really special game to me. I think it'll keep on being a really special game to me, and I'm I'm really glad. I'm glad that um, a lot of people got exactly what they wanted in New Horizons, and I'm also glad that a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have otherwise touched the series got to you know try out Animal Crossing and see its magic for the first time.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, I on. you know I got weigh in because like obviously until Reb came along, I was like people have followed me for a while. Know I'm like pretty big Animal Crossing nut as well, and. Um, uh, you know, my, my biggest problem was, um, unfortunately, uh, I fell in love with the series on the GameCube at a friend's place many years ago, and I tried the 3DS one, but um, the ergonomics of that system just didn't let me play it much. So I basically spent a long time waiting for a home console, like something I could sit on my couch with a like actual controller and just play on my TV and I bought a Wii U, because I was like, man, this is a slam dunk, and that didn't work out. But, uh, so it was such, it was so nice after so long to be able to just play this kind of game, and um, obviously I can't, like, there's been so much said already, I don't know what I can add, but what I'll say is Uh, one thing i don't think people mentioned that and the one thing i really love about animal crossing is games can be overwhelming games can be a lot and like animal crossings a game that like you can get a lot out of or a little bit out of i don't come back to it four months later and i'm not like fuck i don't know where i was in this 20 hour story i don't remember all of these hundred different combos and stuff like that like i'm like i just i jump right back in i'm like all right i can go fish And I can go swim and I can go hang out with some friends and I can just go tend to these flowers. Like it's, it's simplicity is so refreshing and that's one of the things I love about it. But it also, uh, there's a lot more under the surface than you'd initially think. And I think it's a very, uh, cleverly deceptive game that way. And that's one of the things I love about it.
3: I want more triple triple A games like it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me too.
5: So John, Uh, okay. So
0: who we got next? Um, you know what, is CJ
5: still there?
6: Well, we need to save
5: uh
0: CJ here. Oh, there he is. There he is. No, uh, it, Derek, happens. Derek, Derek, why don't you pick who goes next? Why don't you pick what's next?
6: Uh, you know what, Justin? Why don't you talk to us about your game of the year?
0: Big Boston.
7: Sure. So, um, it probably won't come as much of a surprise what my game of the year was. I already talked about it at length on our game um Game of the Generation um episode. Um, but for me it was Last of Us Part Two. That's and very surprising to me. I was not expecting that. <laughs> for me, um, it was... It was a very strange experience because I haven't had many experiences with a piece of media like I have with Last of Us Part II. Because for me, that game hit... I had been unemployed for six months. You know, it was in the midst of the p- pandemic where I'd been cooped up by myself. And my grandmother was dying. And... You know i'm a huge fan of the first game as well and going into it it allowed me to work through a lot of shit that i was going through in my personal life um kind of in a weird safe way (laughs) and i've never really had that kind of experience with a piece of media before i was just i was just kind of a raw bundle of emotion when I was going through it and the fact that like the game takes you places where you don't really want to go. um, And you, you don't have the choice to turn around. You have to be in a year where I was continually being taken places I didn't want and had to keep going. Um, it was, it was cathartic and useful for me in a way that I don't think I've, ever experienced with anything um there's so many things about it that is just so personally geared towards like what i was going through at the time and what i cared about you know going from the first game to the second game because i was also kind of skeptical of two because i didn't i thought the marketing for it was awful but thankfully it kind of made me have low expectations for what it was going to be um and then you know i was very very happy with what it ended up being and I don't think anything can sum up my year better than this, where in some of the darkest moments and most hopeless moments, like, there's also a lot of love and a lot of kindness. And that's what this meant to me. Like, um... And, and the funny thing is, like, I actually disagree with a lot of people that actually do really like the game on why they liked the game. Because, um, you know, I just... For me, I was I had a very different experience with, it. and I'm never going to be able to separate it from where I was when I, um. It. I, I I could I could go on and on, but like it was something that I really needed at the right, time. and I really carried that with me through.
6: Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a whole lot of oh, people who cry in the future <laughs> listening to a Pearl Jam song that they'd never heard of before um hey, and that doesn't happen or take on me that that doesn't happen because a game didn't touch people in some way you know i mean for all of the the talk and the the discourse that i would like us to leave behind about you know uh about about violence and about harshness and and about all these things i think where the Last of Us was truly special, was was in the tender moments and in the the humanity of it, and in the quiet parts uh, in, in between all of it. Um, yeah,
7: I'm with you. That, I'm that... never
6: going to forget that game.
7: Yeah, like I was that...
2: really... There... Sorry, go ahead, Justin. You
7: know, there's there's the optional moment where you're exploring, and you find a guitar, and Ellie picks it up, and you play a cover of Take On Me, and she plays it for her girlfriend, and they talk about when they were at like a campfire and you know they both really liked each other and didn't know like you know how to talk to each other about it and stuff like that and it's one of like the sweetest most tender moments that i've seen in anything and like it's a completely optional thing and it was you know it was so worth exploring and finding that one guitar in that one you know busted up music shop in seattle
2: yeah, like I was, I was really close to making um, this my game of the year. I, I ended up choosing something else. But, uh, you know, I, a lot of the pre-release discussion was very negative in terms of like the content and the violence. And I mean, it is a very violent game and it's a very dark game. But um, And some of that was because they showed a really weird torture trailer. But um, the game, uh, one of the reasons I love it is I think the game actually does have a lot of uh, lighter moments and a lot of really touching and sincere moments and uh there's a surprising amount of warmth that you wouldn't necessarily uh get from playing it like yes it does have some really ugliness to it because that's one of the themes in the game but um yeah there's it's just a very human game and uh naughty dog um i mean you know they're they're not perfect but in my opinion as far as uh writing goes they're one of the few if not the only developers that i feel like writes people Mm. that talk like people like Usually when playing a game, even good writing in games, I'm quite often like, okay, this is really good, this is really funny, but it's a video game, and the characters in these in this game, and um, in particular, just they talk like they feel like real people. I feel like this is a real conversation, this is how people would actually talk, this is how they would react, and uh, and I love that, and it it makes it um, it makes it that much more powerful, and yeah, the 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 ability for them to like. Um, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything still, but uh the, there's an event that happens very early on in the game that uh pissed me off a lot and pissed a lot of people off and it seems like a lot of people never got over it. Uh, but I did and I think that's there's a there's something to the way they do the storytelling in this game and it um you know, Joel is not a good guy in the first game, but I think a lot of people just kind of like him because you played as him for like 15 hours and um, this game really makes you kind of challenge your own notions of, like, like it made me really confront, like, why do I like this character? Should I like this character? Like, this kind of fucked up. Like, maybe, you know, like, I don't know, I'm not explaining this well,
7: but uh, it's very, very well, good. The, and I it's... mean, the first the first so, game was kind of built a lot on the ambivalence that you feel mm-hmm. for Drew, And yeah. the fact that they managed to continue, like, that thread of ambivalence mm-hmm. and I love this character. I hate what they're doing. I hate this character. I like what they're doing. People um, can apply to so many other members of the cast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I just think it's, it's, so,
2: it, it, it's, just, sorry, I'll be, I'll finish real quick. I just want to say, no, like no, go I, ahead, bud. But basically my, you know, I, I had problems with the game, but the reason I regard it so highly is I just think the narrative swings they took are some of the bravest ones I've seen in a AAA game. Because, and it, and rightfully so because it seems like a lot of people didn't like it but most of these games would take the very safe route and i think they they went somewhere with this and somewhere that i think was really important And i think they handled it really well and i just have a lot of respect for um yeah the the decisions they made and the the type of sequel that they made because this is not a sequel that i expected
3: i did i I haven't haven't played the last at all but and it's not it's not a game um, but I think it is really interesting to hear what you des- what you were describing earlier, Justin and Jeff, about, you know, kind of, like, these really warm and moments. I, I went to this talk at PAX one time talking about cozy games. And, you know, they, they talked about, you know, what you think is cozy, like animals. Um, but they also talked about how games like Dark Souls are also extremely cozy. And the reason why they're cozy is because, you know, the, the, the majority of Dark Souls is not cozy. But when you get to a bonfire, you have, like, quiet, feeling safe and feeling protected feeling like, okay, I can breathe for a second. And all of the darkness is outside and all of the really outside. You have like this one like soft moment. That's coziness when the darkness is outside, but you are in- safe, sure about that. And so I think it's interesting to hear you kind of describe sort of a similar feeling in a game. Where I wouldn't think that, that feeling would exist. So
0: uh, I, I'll, be, I'll be very quick here. Um, you know, the, the, what I'll say about The Last of Us 2 is that I, I think it did two things very well um and i I love the game um one you know there's a lot of talk about the violence in the game um just like there was a lot of talk about the violence in the first game uh as as someone who has seen people at their absolute best and people at their absolute basest um i think these games particularly the last of us 2 capture really well what a post-apocalyptic completely lawless society would look like because when you know you know talking about joel's a character and the fact that joel does some good things he need, he does some pretty detestable things um <clears throat> you know just as just as an animal uh is um at its most dangerous when it's cornered and, and trying to survive like i don't think any of us can really say what we would be willing to do to survive in a world where there were no rules um, and everybody's life was at risk. Uh, and I, I, I think the last of us Two really, really put an, ex, an, an exclamation mark on that. Um, and the other thing that I think it did that I really appreciated was it, it, it made us question who our heroes are and who our villains are and what it means to be a hero and what it means to be a villain. Um, and, 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 and you know, it, it forced us to, to understand that in this world, um, in this world that has been ravaged by, you know, a, a plague um, and, you know, the complete collapse of civilization, there are, there, you know, oftentimes there really are no heroes or, and, and there are no villains. There are just people trying to survive. Um, <coughs> and, and that's really what I took away from the game.
6: Finn, you had something you wanted to throw in there.
5: I'm just going to build on what everyone said and yeah. actually talk about how I, I really enjoyed the actual game as well, because you could. Oh yeah, every, yeah. They every they every, every game well. Naughty Dog evolves their gameplay and and just the the openness and the freedom to uh, engage each encounter as you wanted to. Uh, it was built off of Uncharted 4, which was built off of the first Last of Us, and I just really enjoyed the actual tweaks and improvements to the gameplay that Last of Us 2 added. Uh, on top of all the other stuff everyone already said, I don't want to just rehash that, but that's that's just another reason I really love this game is that it was actually a f- fun and good game to play as well as to experience.
2: Did you have a standout like section or set piece, Ben? Like,
5: uh, um, that whole part where you just have the map and you're exploring that one part of Seattle. I love that. Uh, and you're just you're just exploring everything and the rope physics aspects of it. Oh, so cool. <laughs>
7: so good. Yeah,
5: yeah, so good. So, that's that's my two cents.
7: I remember a tweet about that rope from the guy that programmed it. Like he was gonna be like writing up how to do it, and then just said, "Note to all other programmers: do not do this." <laughs>
6: uh, all right, who that's are awesome. we? Who are we hitting next? Uh, well, not Finn because he has to pop away, I guess. Um, okay, I'm gonna go to Brittany. My bud. Yeah, Brittany. Brit. Brit, why don't you talk about your game of the year?
1: Okay, uh, m- mine is tied for two, but I'm going to say the one that doesn't have a lot of votes. Um, I'm going with Bugsnax, um because I think it was, one, a phenomenal launch game, and two, just a really good game on its own. The best thing... So any game... My top games are always games that make me feel... I guess, emotionally, in some ways. Like, games that surprise me emotionally, that draw out... They, they make me want to keep going back to them. And Bugsnax was not a game that I thought I was going to get emotionally vested in. Um,
7: yeah, me <laughs> I would not
1: have thought that. Um, so... It just looked like a game, right? It was like it was like Pokemon Snap and like Animal Crossing, and it just I'm very much into those cute, fun games. So I knew immediately like I wanted to play Bug Snacks. I just didn't realize how much I was gonna like it. One and two, how it was just it was just so easy to dive into in such a hard, weird time. Like I was going through stuff personally. I was starting a new job and. Even when I didn't feel like doing anything else, I was always like, man, I really want to go turn somebody's arm into a fucking burrito. Like, it's just such a fun, (laughs) silly game, and it's not something that you would expect from that type of game, right? A food game It's about food and snacks, and, like, it just, it has this great in-depth story that you wouldn't expect whatsoever from this this game that looks so silly has such a silly concept. And
5: and you wouldn't expect it to be so diverse. And, just... and
1: that's what I was just about to say next. Yeah. So the diversity in the game is really what drew me in. They're like right off the bat, they have a gay couple. And not only do they have one gay couple, they have two gay couples. And one of them is a himbo named Chandlo. Chandlo! And he's so – Yuri Lowenthal voices him. And he's so – cute and pure and stupid and good he's just wonderful like there's one like the first part of the game it's like you're helping him train and you're you're catching these bug snacks for him and you go catch waffles for him and he gets a waffle arms and you're like this is so stupid but he's so happy like how could I not enjoy this he is he is a a conspiracy theorist nerd boyfriend it's just like my ideal like character tropes like you know like the big himbo and then you got the nerdy guy and it's just they have so many characters they have a they them character they have you know a a small character that's with a big character and there's just so much diversity in the characters and there's so much personality to this this game that's like what 10, ten hours? It, yeah. It's not that long, it's but it feels Pokemon
5: Snap meets Muppets.
1: Yeah, it feels so much bigger than it actually is just based on the characterization and the story alone. Like it's so much more than let's go catch bugs, bugs next.
5: Yeah, and and then the first time you realize there's boss fights in the game, you're like, wait, what? Yeah and, and, and the whole ending just fucking twists everything on its head and yeah. it's and such a it, good the game. ending
1: is totally so I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say any spoilers for anybody that wants to play um it just it it really sets up a good ending and it it's almost kind of like the Mass Effect 2 ending in a way like you have to you have to do all the right things just <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else but just it's it's such a good it's just a good game that i think people who normally wouldn't want to try this type of game based on its looks alone you you should get into it because it does have an awesome message and you know the gameplay is it's just secondary it's just everything else that makes this game so fucking wonderful and I just kept coming back to it. Like, even to this day, I'm like, I think about bug snacks. Like just a few days ago, I was like, man, I wish I had more bug snacks to play. Maybe I'll restart the game, you know? Like, it's just a wonderful, cozy little game.
5: Well, we all agree Chandler is the best grumpus, but what yep. was your favorite bug snacks? And why is it st- Scoopy Banoopy.
1: It's Scoopy Banoopy. Scoopy Fucking Banoopy Scoopy is the Banoopy best Banoopy
6: bug snack. Wait, I don't know who this is, but the name alone. He is a
5: giant ice cream sundae or a, a banana literally, if
6: you, follow you Scoopy I
0: gotta, look this up now. I, gotta, I gotta look this up. I gotta look this up. Scoopy <laughs>
5: Banoopy is the best. Saki lost her shit when they announced that that was one of the voices.
1: Oh my god. And that's that's like another great thing about the game. So not only is there great like Grumpus characters, like characters characters, but the food like there's so much personality to like a fucking burger that has curly fries for legs like you wouldn't expect it what the hell am i looking it. at
5: like he's a- it's- it is, it is Scoopy a um, It's basically so like a mastodon, but made out of a banana split. And the best part is, you can catch a Scoopy Banoopy, or you can blow him up and he turns into five separate bug snacks.
1: Yeah, because the ice the bug cream, snacks, I, just,
0: yeah. I just linked Scoopy Banoopy in the chat.
5: Oh, he like, Scoopy yeah. Banoopy is fucking the best.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I just gotta wow. say, I. The bug snacks are great. I really like the Grumpuses. And I will never get over the one at the beginning that greets you and says, You're the journalist! <laughs> I have that. <laughs> I have that. The The clip that Gene Park pulled when that was shown in a trailer. I have that bookmarked. And that clip, I have played that for myself to motivate myself so
1: many times in the last few months
6: you are the journalist
1: you're the journalist journalist. there's like little side quests to recruit the characters and then when you do recruit the characters you have like side quests for those characters and it's just like it's just so stinking (sighs) fun you guys it's such a good feel good game and i think we need a lot more of those games yeah i so it's funny because i
6: didn't play bug snacks i haven't yet um, I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know if I have the ability to play it. Is it is it only on the next gen systems? No, it's on PS4. It, on PS4. it was just free for PC and PS4. It's on PS2 also. Yeah. But, like, it, it's weird because this game, when I heard, when you see the trailer, you go, this is going to be weird. And then you hear, it's like Pokemon Snap. Okay. Well, I'm kind of in. Oh, it is a surprisingly deep story. I wouldn't have expected that. There's a lot of, of queer representation in Bug Snacks. <laughs>
3: Why, like, is everyone, oh, I'm so why is everyone so surprised this game is weird? This is... Young horses developed this. You know what else they've developed? Octodad. Octodad. That Octodad. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. What the hell i never played was Octodad, expecting? but I've heard the stories. <laughs>
7: Octodad was legit good, It's a great too. game. I really like Octodad.
3: I, I love their story. I, I will not get into... We, we need to be timely here, but they... A young Horses is a studio. It was a group of people that met in college in a game development program and made Octodad. And then a, a group a group of them after graduating decided, you know what, this is good. Let's keep making this. And then they kept working on it and made Dadliest Catch. And now they're the studio that made Bug Snacks. Great.
6: Oh, I just love it. I'm just so happy that weird stuff like that can exist.
1: Well, and that's the thing. It's it's like I love like games like that where you you just have colorful characters and worlds and it's fun and silly and serious like it just it hit all the good things on like my like a britney if there was like a britney video game checklist that would have like ticked (laughs) off a whole bunch
6: yeah oh bug snacks does anybody else have anything else to say before we move on
5: it's fucking great and the song the, the song's song, lit well, the song, uh, When Spotify gave me my 2020 Wrapped uh, thing uh, The Bugsnack song even though it only counted For three weeks was my number two Played song of the year <laughs> <laughs> I could in fact Sing it all for you verbatim Right now
1: after, after one of our podcasts I, got, I was really drunk I door McDonald's And I was just laying in my bed Eating chicken nuggets While that song was playing <laughs>
6: And you Just... were happy for the
1: first time in ages. I was like, which part of your body, so bad? Which, oh, part no of your,
3: which part <laughs> of your body were you are hoping to turn into a chick?
1: Oh my God. I don't know. My fingers. cheeky, <laughs> cheeky Chicky. Yeah. chicky, chicky things. Oh, <laughs> That's
6: good. Finn, my man.
1: Talk to us about your
6: game of the year.
5: Uh No, thank you. In fact, uh I'm going <laughs> And I'm first going to mention Saki's Game of the Year because she requested me to briefly mention it. So I will right here. And it is Sackboy, uh, a big adventure for the PS5. Uh, We have been playing that that game in co-op. It is phenomenal. Uh, The music levels are something you never would have expected if you didn't know about them going in. There's an underground level where the entire background music is an instrumental version of Madonna's Material Girl. Oh, God. And the way the levels pulsate to the music and and outside, like one of the biggest jumps in quality from the original trilogy is that the actual gameplay is tight and focused and actually feels good. The platforming feels good. It doesn't feel all floaty like the original games. And the co-op levels are just brilliantly designed. And we have just been having a blast. We're going for the platinum. We've beaten every level so far without dying. We've gotten every item and it's just so much fun to play ah oh, fucking i, I love that man. Game.
7: i love that game there's one moment with the licensed music like i knew there was some licensed songs and stuff in it and then there was one level i was starting and then britney spears toxic starts playing yep. and i wish i had a face cam for her when I was playing that level and toxic came on because one, the level's amazing, but two, right. I was so two, taken Brittany, by bitch. that song.
5: Yeah. But okay. So, so I didn't mean to actually derail us too far with that, but I promised Saki, I would mention her game of the year. Uh, and so if you haven't played sack boy, go play it. It's awesome. Um, my game of the year was a toss up between a couple of them, but I eventually uh, settled on uh ghost of Tsushima because I, it's just it, it, the game just wowed me in every regard, especially coming from the studio that started like basically the PlayStation Four era with Infamous Second Son, uh, and now they bookended the entire generation bring Ghost of Tsushima, and it's so different than their previous games. I love the exploration aspect and how instead of using arrows and markers, and used the wind or a fox would pop up, or a bird would fly by, and that would be your indication that something was cool nearby. And nothing made you feel, nothing in 2020 made you feel more badass than when you were doing a duel, and you would take down like five enemies with single sword strikes in a row, and then trigger your ghost mode, and the whole screen goes black, red, and white, and everyone starts scattering afraid of you the game made you feel so good when you played it. And the best part was like, no matter how you wanted to play it, it felt natural. It wasn't like you could go the whole game, pure stealth style. And it felt like you could, because it was about the ghost of Tsushima, or you could go in the honorable way and just take on people head on with the, uh, with the dual challenge system. And that also felt perfectly reasonable. And the story was way better than I ever would have expected right up to the ending with the most heartbreaking, like final choice, the final quote unquote boss fight that capped the, uh, the storyline just, I I had, uh, it's the first time I actually beat a game and then reloaded a previous save just so I could see what the other choice would have done because it was so beautiful. And and speaking of the game is gorgeous. I have never spent so much time in a photo mode in a game because you just everywhere you could turn it's just a vista with with the perfect lighting and the leaves are swirling and you're just like holy shit this looks so good click and you spend five minutes taking the perfect photo and then you climb a mountain to go do a shrine and you're like oh look at that fucking view gotta do it again i don't know how much time i spent in that photo mode i am just rambling now but ghost of tsushima Uh, I love open world action games like the Ubisoft open world formula is my jam. I know it gets a lot of shit, but it is just just like a needle into my vein. How much I love the the endorphin rush of clearing the map and Ghost of Tsushima just did it so well. And the side quests were so good, especially your companion quests like there was no. I'm trying to think of like aspects of the game that I did not care for as much and I'm not coming up with anything. Like everything was just so well done and it's crazy because it it reminds me of when Guerrilla switched from Killzone to Horizon and you're just like, "Wow, that's completely different than what you're used to making and it was so good." And that's what that's what Sucker Punch did. Like I loved Infamous and I loved Sly Cooper, but Ghost of Tsushima was not what I was expecting from them. And I, I, out of all the big final PlayStation games, that was the one I expected the least from, uh, mm. and it's the one that blew me away the most.
4: So, the multiplayer is good too.
5: Yes, and so then know. they added a Fuck fucking dope ass multiplayer mode, and you got For to free. unlock like these costumes based on other PlayStation franchises. It was free. It was right. great.
3: I, uh. So I have not, I have not played Ghost either due to a lack of. Sony, um, but it's interesting. One of the criticisms that I've heard of Ghost of Tsushima is that it doesn't really do anything innovative. It's just kind of like a really good version of a lot of you know trends and a lot a lot of like gameplay styles that we've seen come up in the last you know decade or so. And that's used as a criticism. But every time I hear that, I'm like, why? That sounds fucking great, like. <laughs> If you're doing all of these things that we've already figured out really, really well, isn't that, you know, kind of the ideal, right? Instead of games like Cyberpunk doing a lot of things (laughs) that we already know how to do very poorly. um, You you know, like, uh, I don't know. It it sounds like a really good game. Honestly, it sounds like a game that I want to play once I have a Sony in my hands. Uh, simply because I do the the stealth stuff that you've just described to me sounds like the kind of Assassin's Creed gameplay that I deeply miss. But it also sounds like it's very pretty, and I like looking at very pretty games. And I'm, I'm I'm glad you liked it so much. That's actually a ringing endorsement. For me. I might I might pick that up once I have a Sony around.
7: Like um... I like I...
3: A
1: Sony. And oh, I just like man, that's what you go call a PlayStation. The Sony. <laughs> I don't I mean, have any of the Sonys. My my shirt needs to change. So it just says the Sony. The Sony. <laughs> no,
2: no. Uh, no, I'll chime in really quickly. It's actually really good timing. I just bought this game uh last week. I had a really tough time getting a read on of it from like their marketing and previews. I couldn't tell if it was like the kind of game I'd like. I love I'm like Finn, like I like my open world Ubisoft bullshit, but I also get really burned out on them. And so I'm always, like, a little hesitant. I'm always, like, am I in the mood for this? Um, and waiting for it was really good. I'm playing on PS5. It's, like Finn said, it's beautiful. It's not the most technically, like, accomplished game. Like, if I look at, like, certain aspects of, like, the textures, if I'm, like, really nitpick and I play a lot on PC. I'm, like, you know, <coughs> there's other games that do individual things better. But it's, I think, where this game really shines is its art direction. And it's a testament, kind of like Breath of the Wild, where it's, like, games don't have to technically be the best-looking game. But the way that the like costume design and the world design and the colors, uh, it's just a very cohesive visual identity. And it knows what it wants to look like. And it's fucking gorgeous. And all the rest of stuff doesn't even matter.
5: And And shout out to. Oh,
2: go ahead. Go ahead.
5: No, I was just saying. Shout out to Jin Sakai and whoever played the char- the main characters in this game, because n- everyone is just like a middle-aged regular person. And you're so used to the main characters of a <laughs> game being like super attractive younger people, and almost everyone you play as is either Jin was a like mi- twenty. No, he was like thirty, and then like half the people <laughs> you team up with are his elders. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome. And Jin's just a normal-looking dude. 30 I mean, he-
6: years old, practically a senior citizen.
5: I mean, in ancient <laughs> Japan, sure. We're
4: getting
5: along. Also, this is completely unrelated, but Ghost of Tsushima was so good that the fans of the game donated a shit ton of money and Sucker Punch donated it to the shrine at Tsushima that was sh- damaged by a, a tsunami. And fans of the game get ba- banded together to raise money to repair it. That's and I just cool. think that's fucking awesome. Like, come on. That's cool. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, so, uh, you know... Two things real quick, and then I think Justin wanted to weigh in, but um, and on Finn's note there, I love, it reminded me a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins uh, and Bayek, whereas, like, these are two people, like, okay, Jin is, like, kind of, like, a nephew of, like, an important, like, a, he's, like, part of an important family, but he's not, like, a chosen one. He's not super powered, and, like, so much of the game, I'm still early on, but you, it just feels like you're, like, a regular guy just trying to do good in the world, and, like, some people might think that's boring or the story's a little dull, and I'm, like, I kind of like just existing in this world and helping these people on this little farm or these people <coughs> who are uh, and the third thing I like is it's an open world game and I open the map and there's not a thousand fucking icons. Like I think <laughs> they did a really good job gradually introducing things and gradually having things here and pop up. But like, there's always a very few things and I can go seek out more stuff if I want it, but I don't feel overwhelmed. And I think that's like, I don't know. The open world in this game is really awesome. There's enough stuff that it's interesting but I don't feel like everywhere I ride there's like a thousand things pulling my attention every direction. I can just walk or ride through the forest for like 5 minutes and just have a good time and just like breathe in the world. So that's that's really all I got to say.
0: I've never actually played um, Ghost of Tsushima and it's not something I'm gonna It's play really good. Soon. Justin, go ahead. I didn't um, even cut you off, buddy. Uh,
7: Everybody's everybody said a lot of what I uh, I wanted to say about this game, but one thing I think has been really really cool to see is um i don't know if you've seen like some of these lists of like japanese developers talking about some of their favorite games of this year but like a lot of japanese developers have been like ghost of tsushima was amazing i can't believe we didn't make this kind of thing and i can't believe like i can't imagine what it must be like for the team to see praise like that from like legendary japanese game developers like people that have been making stuff for a really long time like loving their product that much like i I think it just shows off you know they did a lot of research and put in the work to you know to do like the homage to like kurosawa and like that kind of samurai film um and make put it in game form uh really well so yeah no i like it was one of those games that like it just flat out, um, it just does everything it sets out to do really, really well, and nothing else. And I was very pleased with
6: it. Do we have anything else on Ghost of I, Uh
5: yeah, I relinquish no. my time uh, to the Senate, so... <laughs>
6: <laughs> I, I, am, I yield Senate. my time. <laughs> Fuck you.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, but hey, the <laughs>
0: The gentleman from uh, from uh, Canada is recognized next. Derek is. is I think is it, it would be me,
6: and then it would be um, Jeff and okay. CJ, and then it would be the you, and and Britain. Honestly, half the podcast. Um, <laughs> to, to be to be real, um, so my game of the year pick is Spirit Fair, uh, which is a smaller indie game that probably yeah. not a lot of you played, um, and a lot more of you need, I need to. to. Uh, who on the show played Spirit Fair I know Reb did, uh, and Finn. Okay, so this is the three of you. Okay, Spirit is something really special. Um, in in a lot of the same ways that Animal Crossing is, it's it's a game that is is very wholesome, and it's very much um about. Interacting with care and interacting with love rather than a game that is about violence. And, and don't get me wrong, I played and loved a lot of violent games this year. But Spirit Farer is was just something that felt very uh fulfilling to play and to and to gather up these these characters and, and to take on their quests. So the basic concept of Spirit Farer is that your character is taking over for Caron as the new, uh, like you're going to shepherd souls into the afterlife. You're going to help them come to terms with the end of their life and help them fulfill their last requests and then take them to the spirit door and send them along to whatever is in the great beyond. Um, And it is a truly beautifully written game. It is incredibly, uh, what is the word I am looking for? It, it, it is not ashamed to be emotional and it wears its emotion on its sleeves. Um, it is very true to itself in that regard. I definitely cried a lot playing the oh. game. And I mean, as in this there game are a lot of times, you. there are a lot of times where I teared up somewhat. And then there are three separate occasions where I was like full on ugly crying, like snotty had to blow my nose afterwards. Um, it is a it is a a powerfully affecting game, but it's not a sad game. Almost no part of it is really sad. Um you know, I mean there's there's sadness to it, but all of that sadness is in is in what is in the past, right? Because as you come to terms with what what may have been in some of these characters' stories that may still be attached to them that they're they're, they're still lingering and they're trying to, to move beyond eventually you are bringing them peace. Um, and that's, that's really beautiful. Um, and there's one character story in particular, uh, which ends up being, um, a lot of it's very metaphorical, right? Like it's, it's all these animal people and their stories end up being what you work through with them. You kind of have to interpret what that means to some degree. Um, And there is a, I'm going to try to keep this spoiler free. So I'm not naming the character, but there's a character whose story ends up being a metaphor for cancer, dying of cancer. um, And their story is about them coming to terms with the fact that they need to stop fighting it, that they are not going to beat it and that they can simply die in peace, um, with, with love for what they've accomplished in life and the people they loved in life. And that's really hard for me. Um, I very nearly lost my own mom to cancer, uh, a long time ago. Um, however many years, I can't count time anymore because it's all a circle at this point, but, um, I very nearly lost my mother to lung cancer. uh, And it was the hardest thing I've ever been through um, emotionally. And it I mean, I watched like she had almost no chance of surviving and it's a miracle that she's here today. But but we went through that cycle and we went through preparing to lose her uh, and preparing for what the world would be without her. And, um, you know, it is uh, it, it I felt that all over again. Uh, and it was a very sad but beautiful thing, um, and there's a lot of catharsis to that. So I, I've I've taken up a lot about this. I know that there's not that only Reb and Finn really have a lot to say about this game. Uh, so I will yield to y'all. But yeah, it's I think everybody should give it at least a shot. It's not super long, but it's it's gorgeous.
3: Yeah, I I loved it. I love that game so much. I think I I don't know that I have anything more to say about what you did, but I I thought. Without without spoiling it as well, but the characters Alice absolutely destroyed me. Al- Alice because that her her story in particular, yeah. and anyone who's played the game knows exactly what this was. Th- yeah. This one this one was especially hard because I think that for the demographic that plays this game, like like you know, usually there's one character that you can relate to of all the others, but I think Alice was a really familiar story for a lot of people in our age group um, because we've all had not all but many many of us have had a relative in that precise situation i have too and so that one was really really hard um and that that was kind of what i meant when i said that i think that there is some like actual sadness to this game because i think her story is the closest the game ever gets to being like really genuinely sad because there's that one's not as brutal yeah it's brutal it's not as yeah i i don't i don't it's hard um stanley i thought was hard um specifically yeah. because by the time you meet Stanley, you know what's going to happen to all these characters and you meet him and you realize who he is. Um, and and like the second you meet him, you're like, oh no, I, I don't want to go through this with, yeah. with this character. I, I know how this is going to go and I do not want to do this. But you do. And it ends up being what it is. And it's, you know, lovely... And I liked... I liked the ending of the game as well. I, I don't want to say too much more about that, but I like, I like how the game structured its ending. I... I thought there, it was kind of a bolder choice to go to structure it in such a way that the characters at the end are ones that you are not as attached to um, for certain reasons. But I think that it, the pacing ended up working really, really well with kind of what Stella has to do and decisions she has to make and kind of choosing whether or not to hang around for certain events or choosing to just go to the end of the game right away. Um but yeah, I don't know. It, it was really good. It was really affecting. It was really beautiful. It also was a good management sim. Like, I enjoyed that yeah. too. Yeah, it when was I just also the boat. It was good. really fun
6: to co-op and fish and build and cook and do all of those <laughs> things, you know, with Martha. Yeah, so. yeah
5: just, just trying to manage all of the spirits' moods to try and, like, raise them uh, was, was an aspect I wasn't expecting to enjoy so much. But I just to build off of what you said so we can move, uh, move on, though, is just this is such a pretty game. Mm. The, the animation and the music and just the mm. graphical, like everything about it just, just makes you feel wholesome when you play it. Yeah. Also the uh the animation when you're playing co-op of the cat floating down. <laughs> yes, you know, Imran like, and I were it, doing
3: that. He was playing the cat and like, I'd be running around the boat doing chores and he'd just be-
5: Yeah, because <laughs> it's amazing. It's the best thing. So that that that
3: exact that, noise. I,
5: I just wanted to point out that just all the aesthetic stuff about the game is also just completely on point to go along with the message of the game. Yeah.
6: Also like the fact that there's a dedicated hug command, (sighs) but also that like you can offer to hug somebody and they can be like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm okay right now. Maybe later. Like it's, it's, it's a very, like it's both very like wholesome, but it's also just a very good message, especially for like younger people that like, Hey, hugs are great. Sometimes people don't want to hug, but it's okay. They may later. It's fine. And
3: a character specifically later on who says, like you hug them the first time and then they're like, I do not want hugs. Do not hug me. Yes. And it never continue. becomes okay. <laughs> no. Well.
6: does oh, I, It never did for me. I don't know.
3: Did you, did you finish that character?
6: I did. Maybe I just don't remember. I know who you're talking about. I just, maybe I don't remember.
3: Yeah. But the, it's, you, you still get the hug command, but you have to remember that about that character. that They don't like them. Yeah. And don't do it. It's really good.
6: Yeah, just it's a it's a it's a beautiful game. It's a lovely game. Um, it is it is it, despite the fact that it's a game that I I set up front made me cry repeatedly. Um, I do think it's a game more people should play, but I also think more people should cry more. Um, you know, I think that that's healthy. I think that that is a a good release of emotions, and to do so in like a good wholesome, well written way is uh, is I, I think I, I think there's a catharsis to it. So yeah, I so, do
3: think kind of in response to what John said in the chat, I do think that if you if you have recently dealt with death, or if you have a really like affecting personal experience with death, then maybe like, maybe like, if you really want to play it, like maybe ask some people who have played it, like if it's going to have like a moment that you need to prepare yourself for. That's I think that's fair. okay. Yeah, um, that's it could just. Fair. I I don't have a whole lot of really like close to my heart death. Um, you know, I, I've had older family pass away. Um, yeah. but like I, I could see it, it affected me a lot and I could see this if you were somebody I mean, who has recently, you know, gone through something like that. You just maybe be prepared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feel yeah, some like, stuff. So
7: that's know, actually was... that's actually why I haven't played the game yet. Yeah. Because it came out like a week or two after my grandma passed, and the main character is named Stella, which is the same name as my grandma. Yeah. And given the theme is this game, I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna wait a little bit on yeah. this game. Totally so fair. I'll probably totally fair. play it sometime. I'll probably play it sometime soon, um, and I'm I'm glad to hear it delivered because I was really really into it, and it sounds like it kind of does some of the same things, as kind of why I loved like What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of the like same emotional notes and in a lot of ways. So I really do want to play it. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: good.
0: Yeah, as as like you know, it sounds wonderful, but I was just thinking, you know, like as somebody like you know, right now my closest childhood friend is dying of cancer. You know, like like I'm I'm not sure that. You know, I'm just not sure that this is something that I could I could do right now. But it might, you know, later on down the road. Sound? It sounds like it might be a nice form of
2: catharsis. I think
3: yeah, so. I um, think really
5: do.
6: Is. I
2: really
3: do. I think, do. It is. I, think it, I think it's okay to take some space. I don't think you, I yeah. I don't think playing it in the throes of grief is maybe the best decision. No.
2: Yeah, like same thing. Like Justin, I also lost my grandma this year, who was uh, very close to me. So it's say that like the game looks fantastic, but I need you know. Uh, like all of us, we we need a little bit of separation, I think, um, before we're ready to tackle that. But uh, I can't wait to to play it when I'm in the right mindset for it.
6: Yeah. Well, if we don't have anything more to say about Spearfare, we can move to the first of two games that got multiple uh, multiple votes. So, CJ, why don't you maybe take the lead on this one that you and Jeff both nominated?
4: Um, okay. Um, I, I want to start with the story about it, and just to prove that I can get overly sentimental about any game. um I i um so yeah this pandemic has been awful this year has been awful i mean um you know the world's essentially falling apart it's eating itself almost um my my personal life is like fluctuating between you know unemployment and just bouts of just pure sadness um but you know All of that sort of stopped on one night, September 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern, when a game preloaded on my PlayStation and downloaded and unlocked. And I found myself just tearing up at this full motion video of a bunch of old guys skateboarding and these younger kids skateboarding and Rage Against Machines Gorilla Radio like started playing. And I thought, holy shit, this this feeling is back. Um, And with that, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is my game of the year because it, it transported me to a a place that I never thought I'd return to. Uh, when I was six years old, I was given a copy of Pro Skater Three from my uncle, and it had become like art, like the greatest thing I'd ever played. To the point where I had, up until this game came out, I had a PS2 with a an HDMI adapter, um, you know, hooked up to my TV just so I can keep playing Pro Skater Four over and over again. Um, because I, I thought to myself, this will never come back. We're never going to get another to- uh, a, a Tony Hawk game. We're never going to get another Tony Hawk game. The clo- you know, we're never going to get this style of game back. And when it was announced, I was like, holy shit, it, it's completely unfair to any other game coming out. It's absolutely unfair <laughs> that um, how, how, how can anything else compete? Uh, you know, a few things about it. Um, I never played the first two, actually. Um, so this was my sort of introduction to it. This is my sort of introduction to a lot of these maps, a lot of these things, but it all felt familiar because I had gotten so used to the gameplay. They brought a lot of the moves from Pro Skater 3 back. Um, the, what is it like, what it was, um, and Jeff, you can help me out here cause I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: Oh, the, the revert. Oh no. Did we lose CJ? He's, oh, back. he's back. He's back.
6: His internet is being unkind to him.
4: Oh man, yeah, there you You're back. Uh, The
2: reverb and the manual, right? They brought those in from
4: two. Yeah, they brought them from three. So I'm like, holy shit, I am back. This is this is heaven. The no, it's fine. Okay, Finn, um, just to kind of, okay, so, no, I didn't get the game in 2001. I kept the game in
7: 2003. I, <laughs> <laughs> no! It makes it even better! <laughs> <making> it works!
4: <laughs> uh, uh, I'm very young, but I... I was 23 <laughs> in 2003! <2003, laughs> and I, I but yeah, so I, you know, it, it, I was back to where I was. I was very comfortable with the way it played. I... It, it became the... Subs- Session of mine, right? I stopped playing Modern Warfare for like a month just so I could uh, do these you daily were challenges six. And, um these. The, the... I was six in two thousand yes yeah. CJ, um, you're small. But... stop saying it! Stop <laughs> saying I, I am it. Yes. Keep
5: going. No, it's just he's like, I was playing so much modern warfare. I'm like, bro, you were six, no, come on. I'm talking about now. I'm oh, talking about like I okay. stopped playing Modern Warfare. Okay, <laughs> okay. like
4: okay. 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 I stopped I stopped oh. playing Modern Warfare. We love CJ. We love CJ um (laughs) but again i I feel like i'm rambling too much i even wrote stuff down but like it's all kind of like jumbled now i i I, it's just a great game it really is it really captures the spirit of what i've been dying like wanting for the longest time i'm someone who likes very games that are very straightforward that focus on sort of one mechanic that sort of thing of like just moving forward is enough for me to love a game and that's what tony hawks pro skater one and two like like does um also it's the only game of the year choice that has a Papa Roach song in it like in my (laughs) in in my sort of list so automatically that elevates it beyond any other that's it bro. Blood Brothers argument over (laughs) Blood Brothers is my anthem now it is the it is my song of 2020 hell yeah I I (laughs) I I grinded just so I can get a monster energy shirt that's like my dedication to like that game like I I absolutely adore it um Jeff, I, I, I so just to transition to you, I remember I think it was last year you started replaying the first game,
2: yeah. It's
4: uh, it, or second, game.
2: uh, I, game. I sorry, you're cutting out for a bit for me. Um, I played them both, like, um, and yes, I guess one,
4: I think you had,
6: you just I think it. it's just buffering through what he already said,
2: okay. Um, yeah, no, I think it was before the remake was even announced, I, I was like just on a whim because I've got the like my playstation one here with my discs and i got one and two and i was like uh you know i was going through like
4: um my we're losing cj am i good yeah,
2: we're losing. you're, good. you're good jeff you're good you're good okay. go ahead go ahead jeff um no I, I mean like everyone i was going through a tough time last year i still am um I, you know a one day i'll, I'll tell that full story but uh so i was really searching for that nostalgia comfort um and I played Diddy Kong Racing on the N64. And then I dug up about Tony Hawk 1 and 2 discs. And so yeah, CJ's right. I was I was actually playing the PS1 versions before I even knew uh that a remake was coming, I think. Um, which is uh funny, but it, it didn't hurt uh, the impact at all. But um I also want to start this with a story, and I, I wanna I don't wanna take up too much time because we got like one big game left, but uh I gotta I gotta split this into two parts because there's like the game, there's the Tony Hawk one and two remake that came out last year, but there's the legacy of Tony Hawk and uh, I went on a fun little rant, uh, one of our weekly shows, when this game came out, because I loved it so much. Um, but, like, uh, much like CJ, like, this game had an impact on me, and it's not hyperbole. Like, Tony Hawk, liter- Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the first game, literally changed my life. It defined my friends for a decade. It defined where I went in life. Um, I'm a little bit older than CJ, apparently. I was 13. <laughs> Uh, and a little bit younger than john i was 13 when you know first what game came out. shut the <laughs> fuck up with that okay I, I, was 13 when, I was 13 when the first game came out uh obviously every influential age um but like you know these games people don't i think there's a little people don't quite remember how big a fucking deal these games were like skateboarding exploded i played this game i started skateboarding but like that's where i'm going with this i made friends like i was at the skate park i was at our local skate parks Uh, for, like, 12 hours a day for five years. I made all my friends there because of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater introduced me to, like, Bad Religion, which introduced me to Social Distortion, Stiff Little Fingers, like, uh, Black Flag. I got into the punk scene, and, like, my all my friends for the next 10 years were in punk bands. Like, I was going to, like, all these local shows and just meeting all these new people, and, like, that's where all my social connections sorry, came from, and that's that like defined my life for like like a huge portion of it. Because it's a skateboarding game. So like uh I- I'm gonna get emotional here, but like
7: yeah.
2: I-, I cannot describe the impact that this had on me, the the um the feelings that it gave me and and not just that. So then let's let's talk about the game. Like the game was fucking phenomenal. These games were amazing. Uh it was just like a combination of uh everything, like the level design, the music. The gameplay itself, it was like it was like arcadey, but still really skill based. And from that perspective, you know, there was another uh, remake that came out last year that was like people were like, oh, this has a big legacy to live up to. Well, Tony Hawk had a big legacy to live up to, and they released a uh, like HD version of it, kind of like a remix for the PS3, I think. And it wasn't really, it didn't go over really well because um, these games have a feel to them; they have like a really distinct feel. Like when you catch air off a half pipe and you come back down, like there's a certain amount of time that you're in there. There's a way that your player reacts when you hit a rail, or like, it's hard to describe. and it. it's muscle memory, especially for this, people like us that played a lot of these games. You have a muscle memory, like I know how long this takes. I know how quick I have to mash this button, and it's really important to get that right. And they actually remade this from the ground up, and they still kept that. It still felt like the same game, and that is so hard to do. It's and the greatest
4: remake I've ever played. Hands it, down.
2: It, oh, it is! It, it, it is! Cat. It's it's so fucking good. It's so fucking Derek, good. I forgot about Jeff's prayer to Tony Hawk. That's
0: it's very <laughs> yeah, good. Derek I just posted it in the that. chat. It's That's very fantastic. Good. Yeah.
3: I love how much you guys love these. Like this yeah, is really like happy the to hear. Moment. I I didn't play Tony Hawk one or two or Tony Hawk one and two. Um, I played three. I played three, three because uh, when wars. I was a teenager, I babysat a kid who had three, and for a while, that was all he wanted to play. And so I, I was terrible at this game. Like, I didn't understand how to play that game. But I remember how many hours we sat, you know, past the controller back and forth, you know, skating around, I don't know, Alcatraz? I don't even remember, like, what all the locations were. But it was such a really cool game. And I like I, I have, like, the tiniest little sparkle of that feeling that you all are describing. And yeah. I'm glad that you loved it so
4: much. It's the only game I'm good at. Yeah, and that's that's a huge thing like i'm competent at this game like i i managed to like rack up like millions of points on like online once out of spite just to beat my cousin (laughs) in a in one of those like uh point challenges i'm like yeah you know fuck it i'm gonna do this so that that also like means a lot to me
2: i I will say uh the, the one downside of this remake is that the first game came out before social media before leaderboards so i thought i was really good at these games and then i played the new ones and then i like started looking at like twitter and like the combos people were posting. I'm oh, like, no, people <laughs> are
4: way better than me. Like I'll never go up. <laughs> yeah. and, but like in my, in my vicinity and in, in my sort of like social yeah. group. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Like, you know, <laughs> you know even.
3: <laughs> I also love that they committed to like eight, like aging the characters oh, yeah. to yeah. their real life ages. This has really been an excellent year for grown up ass protagonists. I like yeah. that. Good.
2: Yeah. And I mentioned this uh, in my rant on our other show, but like, uh, we have to give a shout out to the representation in this game because there's some really like it has a lot of the original skaters, so there's still a lot of white guys. But like the new skaters they brought in, there's some really fucking good representation there, and I don't think a lot of people expected that in a Tony Hawk game because skateboarding historically is not a super inclusive sport.
4: It respects the attitude of skateboarding, but it also modernizes it in this wonderful way mm-hmm. that like it feels it, it's ripped straight from the early 2000s, late 90s, but it doesn't have those same like added those gross attitudes. And you know what? You I,
5: can't be
6: punk and also want things to stick to being only old white dudes. Like, that's, exactly. not, that's not the nature of punk. This exactly. game
4: is more punk than fucking Cyberpunk 2077. Well, that's, that's not like, hard. That's basically, <laughs> that basically it. The game with the actual punk soundtrack is... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
6: the people who um, developed t- the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, they have rights and they get to show up to punk concerts <laughs> without get getting their asses kicked. Yeah. So... They get, they get to come to the Highlands in Louisville. Yeah, I I didn't play Tony Hawk One or Two originally. I think I played three, and then I really started playing from Underground One onward. Uh, but One and Two was just such a good. It was a nostalgia trip, even though I didn't play those two games. Like it was it was very comforting, um, and it was just a lovely thing to have to go back to every so often. So I, I don't want to
4: drag this anymore. Yeah, that's all but, I've got, Jeff. Can I ask you one thing? Just because again, like you get it. Would you pay like a full $60 for just for them to just release three by itself as a remake?
2: I would pay a fucking. I would. Pay, well, I'm in Canada, so it's going to be like ninety dollars. But I would pay like
7: I would pay two hundred dollars
4: straight up the same. Tony
7: Hawk three for three. For three, if they fucking, can, up. guys, guys, do not let Bobby Kotick hear this. He <laughs> will <laughs> charge you that Bobby, much money, Bobby. If you guys,
4: you get every song in that game. Bobby Kotick is now stuff.
6: firing five hundred more employees and charging just two hundred dollars for Tony Hawk three.
4: <laughs> that's the thing. If you keep every single song from that soundtrack. Bobby, Bobby, oh. remove everything else. This may at like. I will pay straight up, like, $300. And no the monkey's curls inward once more! Stop! I, Stop! I lo- you're- you're gonna get your wish! You're gonna get your wish! I got my- listen, I got a new Tony Hawk game, alright? I didn't think that was gonna happen. Like, I did not- I woke up from a nap, and I saw the trailer on fucking YouTube, alright? Like, that's how I found out this shit existed. Alright? So, for me to- for me to have this- and I Let me wish for the fuck out- You guys don't have to buy the fucking $300. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Skater 3 remake. <laughs> all right so we got one more game
6: i guys i know how we are with this series we can't do 30 minutes on this game we will yes, we, can't. Can.
2: <laughs> we could um, we do just not. watch me stop us
6: our <laughs> last game though that that both john and and britney originally nominated and several more of us probably would have if we weren't aware other people were definitely going to nominate it
5: that is correct Yup. is final
6: yep. fantasy yeah, 7 remake <laughs>
0: so so final fantasy 7 remake was my pick for game of the year last year um and as the resident uh dad of the of the podcast who is in fact 40 years old um i was 17 years old when final fantasy 7 originally came out on the playstation one how old were you cj
4: i was born that year I was born. Oh. <laughs> the same year Titanic oh. came out, I was born. Oh. Oh. John has left the chat. <laughs> John, him John's him. gone. Animus he's mortality. gone. He's not coming back. back. Fantasy
1: while he's gone. While he's gone. All right. So listen. While he's gone, while he's gone <laughs> No, it's too fucking
0: late now. Okay. So I'm going to choose to ignore that. And i want to keep baby. going because I am, a, I am, I'm an adult. I'm like, children here. Ooh, John's uh, old. Ooh. And, Hot <laughs> take. Please, please, Reb. But um, an adult? But, uh, so, so, so in 19, so in 1997, uh, I was a junior in high school and Final Fantasy VII came out. And at this point, like I, there had never really been a marketing push behind <laughs> a game like there was behind Final Fantasy VII, right? Like, I remember going to, uh, going to, it was EB at the time. GameStop was not a thing back in the stone age. Uh, It was EB and they had like television set up and they were playing CG scenes from Final Fantasy VII that look archaic now. But back then it was like, holy shit, this looks fucking amazing. And, you know, everybody knows that the first five hours of Final Fantasy VII, uh, you're in the city of Midgar. Um, and so when we found out that final fantasy seven was getting remade after years and years and years of fans pleading and it being kind of a joke, you know, that like, you know, Oh, square Enix needs to remake final fantasy seven. Um, we learned that it's, it's, it's actually finally happening, right? Like Imran at chat says, uh, you saw that you see the train crash through coral in EB games. That's, that's one of the scenes I'm talking about that they were playing over and over and over. Um, and I thought to myself, okay, so this game is episodic. Uh, it's going to start off in Midgar, so we're looking at a five, six-hour game,
1: right? Nothing will ever top <laughs> that E3, by the way. Nothing will, will ever top No, no,
0: yeah, no, that was... Oh, man. Um, and what we got, and I said this last year, what we got was a full-fledged 45-hour Final <laughs> Fantasy game. Like, this is a new... It's a new Final Fantasy game. Yes, it's Final Fantasy 7, but... Um, to get into slight spoilers, it's not the Final Fantasy seven that you remember. um There are very clear. So Square Enix did something I think that was extremely risky for them. You mean the same thing we that a billion
6: other remakes have done in the last two years? Well, but but all not those remakes. Spoil it.
0: But but here's the thing, Derek. All those remakes were one to one remakes. Like Shadow of the Colossus was a remake. You know, like I mean, Final Fantasy VII completely changed the story of Final Fantasy VII, and that's a that's a risky move because we all know how the gamers react to shit like that.
1: There's a reason um, why they called it a remake and not a remaster.
0: Exactly, and but it is truly a, a a remake, and one of the most exciting things about the game for me is that I don't know where it's going. Like the game ends on your party leaving Midgar after 45 hours of what was a five hour period of the original game, uh, your characters leave Midgar and I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and that to me, like, you know, y- yeah, all the, yeah, you know, the gameplay changes are, I love the battle system. Um, you know, we could talk all day about the new characters and the visuals, but honestly, the, the thing that stands out about final fantasy seven remake to me is that I don't know what's going to happen next. And and that is, I think, the coolest thing that Square Enix could have done with this game. Is... But,
1: but it it Go can ahead. also it can also lead into the next story though. We it just that's the thing, right? It's it's like on the table. It could be this brand fucking new game that we have no idea what's gonna happen, or they could surprise everybody and just continue with the story that they're on with like dripping, you know, new bits here and there like they have been doing. Like that, that's I, I the beauty of that. it like that's I, the I, beauty of it though is that you don't know like it could it could end up being something we're not expecting because we're expecting something completely different and it very well could be but it's also open-ended in the fact that you know you you still have you know you're gonna have to go to certain areas that were from the original game like so there's get there's has to be a loose original theme there even if it's not 100 percent the same
0: well, and what's oh. wild is that we've actually had two of the main voice actors from the game on this uh, uh, on this podcast, and as, and it was especially cool listening to John Eric Bentley, who loved the character of Barrett as a kid, uh, and who grew up playing Final Fantasy Seven. was It was so amazing to hear him voice his experiences about about bringing that character to life in a way that he never. I mean, who who could who could prepare themselves for that?
6: Well, and I think um, that's interesting too because there's been a lot of of criticism about the character and portrayal of Barrett in the game. And I think especially like having the opportunity to talk to John, Eric Bentley about it. Like it's clear once again, like people and characters contain multitudes. Like it's really not that straightforward as just thing bad or thing good. Like thing could be done better, but like there's definitely a lot more soul and intention put behind Barrett this time than the original FF seven Uh or mm-hmm. any of the expanded FF seven million spin-offs and universe have ever really given him um so and also yeah.
0: Derek one of my favorite moments about Final Fantasy 7 was 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 when you finally encountered the Honey in?
6: Yeah. Like yeah, half, half of Twitter was waiting for that to happen. Um, I, I was so
0: excited yeah. about that. It was a great like, time. But, but they,
1: I think they Twitter handled... loved your, your love of Chadley more.
6: No. Oh, Chadley. Yeah, yeah, your love of Chadley. Chadley, Chadley, Chadley is the been, reason
5: it's game of the year.
6: I've never been pro child abuse, but Chadley's making me want to change my mind.
5: <laughs> Technically, <laughs> it's not child abuse. <laughs> I,
6: I, I. I guess. <laughs> It looks like Reb wants to get a word in. Reb,
3: I well, I want I I kind of wanted to reply to the point that you and Brittany are actually. So I I have played an amount of Final Fantasy, not a large amount, but I have played some. And I, if, if you have listened to SCGC long enough and remember me being on here regularly, you know that I I do not care for the original Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> I think that game sucks. Yeah, um, same. I think it sucks. Um, so I I didn't finish Final Fantasy VII, which is fine. Um, but I have read a lot of criticism the synopsis of the story and i gotta say fucking props to square enix for what they did to make this remake more than a remake i it the thing that john and britney are alluding to without spoiling it it's some meta bullshit um it's some real good meta bullshit um that is seems to be in a way kind of leaning into a sort of commentary maybe on what we expect from remakes and what we expect what we expect uh, a universe to be when we return to it, and what we demand of people to to make from remakes. Um, I think that's cool as shit. I love that. I I think that is so smart and so interesting. And so you know, yeah, Final Fantasy 7 remake was never going to be my game of the year, but you know, props to people who are putting it at the top of their list. So because you know, like that that's a really bold thing to do. And I I am excited to watch Imran play through the 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 subsequent releases of Final Fantasy 7 remake. The subsequent episodes. Uh, because I don't really want to play this game myself, but I really want to know what they're going to do. I want to know. What's what's the thing?
0: So, this, so, so... Uh, w- oh, oh
2: no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please. I was going to say, uh, this seems like a great time to jump in, because actually, uh, I-, I talked about it on our Game of the Generation show, uh, but up until a year ago, Final Fantasy Seven was actually my favorite game of all time. Uh, was, uh, until Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Final Fantasy Fourteen, until I, I played those, but... Um, the only thing I'll say about this because I want to give everyone else a chance to speak is you know, coming off that game like, you know, I play games for the story and I play games for the characters and the characters in Final Fantasy 7 are why I love that original game and I was so worried about how they were going to come across when they were voiced because the original, like, old JRPGs, are like reading a book to me. I have my own interpretation of how these characters sound of how they talk, their tones their inflection and stuff like that and I was like, really worried about like you know, because I, I'm sorry, I fucking hate Avin' Children. I watched that once a long time ago,
5: and I hate it. It's fine boo!
3: Boo! Bad Tink! Boo!
2: Avon Children
5: sucked.
2: Boo! it's fine people like it, it just wasn't for me. But I love the original game, and I love the characterization in the remake. It felt true to the original characters, but they all felt so much more realized and so much more developed. And that's such a hard thing to do. Like, it feels like you have to pick one or the other. And they found a way to honor uh, the spirit of the characters, but then, like, ramp it up a thousand percent and deliver and, like, make you fall even more in love with them. So that was my favorite part of the remake for sure. When
0: we did when we did our review last year, um, I actually uh, uh, jumping off Reb's point about, you know, how this was a, you know, um, I made the illusion that the arbiters of time, which are these phantoms that seem uh, like, you know, hell bent on keeping the story going the way it's supposed to. I was like, I was like the characters in the game, like the actual party is Square Enix trying to do something new. And the, Arbit- the arbiters of time are the gamers who are like, no, this has, no, you no, this has to keep going the way I know it. it th- this, this has to happen the way I remember it. Um, and I, I, I almost wonder if that was in fact, some meta commentary from square Enix. Uh, and just uh, thinking about that makes me just makes me chuckle. Finn, you had something to say.
5: Yes. I just, uh, once again, I just wanted to build off what everyone else said and point out that final fantasy seven uh, has one of my favorite battle systems of any RPG because it takes everything they learned from kingdom hearts three and final fantasy 15 and builds on it. And makes it even better while also marrying it with the turn-based combat system, the active turn-based combat system that we love so much from 7. And the battles in 7 Remake are part of why I place the original 7 in the it. bottom part of, like, the top 10. But 7 Remake is now a top 3 Final Fantasy game for me. Like, for the me game... Yep. Like, I loved platinum in this game. Replaying it on hard mode made mm-hmm. the battles even better. And just doing all of the, uh... Just... Everything, all the side quests, all the bonus fights and everything, the gauntlet at the end that gets you that ultimate uh, item that gives you infinite limit breaks. like Everything about the battle system was so well done that now I'm kind of spoiled. And if if Square Enix pumps out a game that doesn't deliver a battle system on that level, I'm going to be upset.
0: Uh, dude, it uh, took the airbuster fight, which was comically easy in Final Fantasy VII, and turned yeah. it into a three-tier, like fucking
5: the whole super game. Boss. Took, it was so awesome! The whole game would take random bullshit enemies like Hell House and turn House them into the incredible. Well, and turn them into incredibly memorable boss fights. Hell House was fucking hilarious. I will give it. a
6: Hell, that. Hell
0: about, was Hell House, Hell House was fucking awesome. I, don't know, uh, like and
3: that fight. I just want <laughs> and to I will post the chat but I just want to once again as I do every time Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> podcast, direct everyone to the list of enemies that absolutely will not be in Final Fantasy 7 Remake but and absolutely a shitload of
6: them be. ended up oh, being yeah. in <laughs>
3: But they're it, not the list, as funny. Good. They are not as yeah, funny. Yeah, like I just love
0: no. it's motherfucking Christopher. <laughs> it's, mother- <laughs>
2: it's motherfucking Christopher. <laughs>
3: this is the worst. Who is
2: the woman in the bikini? What the fuck is this? Oh, this oh, yeah, is bad. No,
3: it's Imgur has like done something. With their- you can't see the titles of any of these anymore, <laughs> so you don't see the name of the enemy.
1: This is mo- this isn't arrow- nearly as funny like as it little used little to be. Little pony. <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: love it's motherfucking Christopher. The- like that's my absolute favorite. That's my absolute favorite. I I wish my name was Christopher, just so I could, I like the just circle. So I could say that.
4: I, I have a I have a quick question. Cause like, okay, I've only CJ, I've only ahead. like um you know like sporadically played like three Final Fantasy games if you count Kingdom Hearts. But uh
1: No, I do not count Kingdom Hearts. I
4: fucking are not going Hearts. there. All uh, right. I'm not gonna talk about Kingdom Hearts, but um the original seven, the sort of canon, the, the consensus like, it, where, where did that rank among, like, as far as like the general rankings of, of great Final Fantasy game? Oh, no,
6: we can't do this. Um, so <laughs> no, let me no, put it
4: no, this up. No no no, 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 hold up. Hold up. Clear, me, me, no, F- no, F- I'm not saying your personal rankings, I'm saying your personal rankings, okay? Like, I'm just saying, like, in general, wh- what was like that sort of consensus? It's
6: like the legendary
4: Final Fantasy, it's the one six.
6: No, if you're so talking about broad popular that, perception, not
0: personal favorites, no, it's favorites,
1: ab- absolutely seven, seven is the yeah.
6: one. Seven is like the
1: seven final is fantasy. The
0: one. Seven, is, seven is the one. But it is i would genuinely suffering within... being a Final
6: Fantasy fan who doesn't really like seven because it is the game that everyone knows
0: because square enix has forgotten that there are final fantasy games before seven i agree because
1: the fan (laughs) base loves seven that is why uh, that is why we're getting a remake
2: it's gonna be a weird analogy but it was like you know rpgs and jrpgs were like kind of they were popular but they were a very they were here and seven took the and said like everyone's gonna fucking play this game everyone on the playstation one is gonna play this game it's like To me, it's like what Lord of the Rings did for fantasy, where like, you know, elves and wizards and shit like that was like Dungeons and Dragons and EverQuest and stuff like that. And then Lord of the Rings came out and it was like, these won Oscars and they made a billion dollars at the box office. That's what Final Fantasy VII did for RPGs.
1: Like, yeah, yes, d- yeah. it like put them. Like, rpgs on the map it put video yeah. games on the map it had like the first playable black character in one of the rpgs like it was just for its time an incredible game and it had such an impact on so many people
6: so i said i said in chat too like i don't hate seven the original seven but it's easily my least favorite final fantasy out of the entire super nintendo through playstation 2 eras of them Legend of Dragon that, is better. despite that Ooh. despite that I really like Final Fantasy VII remake. Final Fantasy VII remake does not make me like Seven more, but I I actually played it and beat it, and I'm excited to play part two, part three, part whatever uh, when they come out ten years from now. Um, uh,
1: so my favorite thing about Seven was the fucking music. Every single so Final Final when Fantasy I loaded up soundtrack. the game, yeah. for oh my god, the first the soundtrack. Time.
0: Those I who falled. fight further, those oh, who fight no. further, in just, the-
1: just the prelude, like lo- pulling up the I'll game, seeing that fucking sword and hit, like, I just lost my shit.
0: When the fu- Britney, Britney, at the very end, when you fight Genova and you hit the third phase of that fight, and that classic Genova theme kicks in yes. real fast. It was 1 o'clock moment. in the morning. It was 1 o'clock in the morning in my house. I literally, I had a pair of headphones on and I stood up and I shouted at the top of my fucking lungs and threw my controller because I was so
2: goddamn excited. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I was so fucking hyped. up. It, it's funny because it like when you talk to people about Final Fantasy, like people are fucking all over the place. But with a few exceptions, almost every Final Fantasy game, it seems like everyone agrees the music is usually... Delivers. Yeah, slaps. It slaps
1: real this hard. Sp- I think, specifically and, slaps though. Like,
3: and, and I think to maybe like circle back around. I think I think the reason that I did not like the original Final Fantasy as much as I should have is kind of the same reason why I don't like Star Wars as, much as I should have. I had it hyped up for me like yeah. so much my entire life. It was this video game that you haven't played Final Fantasy Seven. What's wrong with you? My entire right. life. So when I finally <clears> played <throat> it, you know, as an adult, you know, well, almost I was in college. Um, so an adult. Uh, past. Uh past the point where those graphics and the look of that game well outdated by that time. Mm-hmm. It was so underwhelming to me. So Final Fantasy remake being presented to me as me I'm looking at the at the trailers and stuff thinking, God, they're just remaking Final Fantasy, VII. who cares? And then finding out that it was actually this really interesting subversion suddenly made me 10 times more interested in it. Because it was not what it had been hyped up to me to be in a good way. And I was really into that.
1: And also, it's it's fucking amazing because it's about these these like the poor class rising up against like big corporate. Like it's yeah. such a yeah. good fucking message in this day. Save and the a. planet. Yeah. I remember corporations.
7: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember one of the things I was worried about with this remake is that it would tone down some of like some of the political stuff that was in Final Fantasy 7. I think it's louder. And if anything they cranked yeah. it up like yeah, like there's that whole speech that Barrett gives about like like Tifa's like concerned about just the regular people that have to work at Shinra and like Barrett gives like a speech about culpability and re- personal responsibility and stuff that I thought was like really on point and stuff but like this game was super cool for me because Well, Final Fantasy VII was the first game I ever completely finished on my own. Usually I'd be, like, trading off controllers with a friend or something. This was the only—this was the first game that I finished beginning to end on my own. And, um, so it it holds a very special place in my heart because of it. And so with—but when I was a kid, when I played it, I didn't realize there was, um— You know, like because all the marketing was, you know, cloud, sword on his back, looking up at the Shinra Tower, like and it was all built around Midgar, like, and everything. So like it was actually surprising when you go outside of Midgar in the original. And I remember people were like, Oh, well, it's kind of ridiculous they're turning just a few hours of being into Midgar, into this full game. And like for me, that was kind of the exciting thing about this remake, because it finally let me explore and be in this space in a yeah. much more detailed way than I I've always wanted to ever since I was I was a little kid. Um like that was always a space I wanted to be in. Like Midgar was something that caught my imagination as a kid and you know the original Final Fantasy 7 you don't really spend much time there. And so like seeing it fleshed out, seeing um, more about the lives of the people that live there, seeing them interacting in their neighborhoods, seeing, you know, things they do for fun, you know, what's difficult about their lives, what their jobs are, and just, you know, walking through that space was a huge deal for me. So, like, it fulfilled something that the original didn't for me. Um, and by finally letting me, like, actually be in Midgard, and I, I loved it. So, we, um, we're, uh, we're past our time. Does
0: anybody else... Oh, well, before I do that, does anybody else have anything they want to say about Final Fantasy VII Remake?
1: I have one last thing that I think please, is please. very important. In the original Final Fantasy VII, it was always tifa versus eris over cloud and i think they did a really 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 good job of representing female friendship and yeah. mm-hmm. just giving them time together that wasn't talking about cloud like they were their own characters they formed their own relationship and they got mm-hmm. along surprise surprise like they're this close it, to it, it cloud and going n- off
6: on their own adventure like right yeah, like fuck, fuck this.
1: pretty much and you know they have multiple scenes together like they have the um the honeybee and don carino's uh scene and then you know they have the scene in the sewers together and it's yeah so Nobody... it's just it's 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 nice to see characters that i loved separately for different reasons um just become better characters you know so it just makes me feel good about the things that i liked and now i can continue to like them for um different and in some ways better reasons so
0: i see nobody 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 talked about the massage uh house we don't need to talk about anyway so anyway yeah (laughs) so anyway um uh, before we get off here, we've got a few, uh, got a few items to tick off here real quick. Don't forget, next weekend we have our twelve-hour
6: uh, charity stream. It's much more than twelve Project. hours at this point. Well, uh, yeah, it's going to be more. We've than added, 12 hours, <laughs> we've added on to the beginning and the end. I think <laughs> yeah. we're at sixteen or maybe eighteen hours. I'd have to check, but we're, we have it, a big, it's, a big it's, marathon. It's, we got a big marathon
0: coming. We've got a lot of cool people who are going to stream with us. Uh, Reb is going to be there. Um, Reb is going to be. Uh, Reb has her own two-hour block. Uh, the the SDGC. What time is Reb's
6: block, Derek? Do you know, offhand. I don't have the fucking spreadsheet
0: in it's, front of me. It's ten
3: a.m. I don't know what it's time zone that's in. Okay.
0: Eastern. All the times are <laughs> Eastern.
6: <laughs> It's Eastern. All times are Eastern.
0: Um, we're going to be, the SDGC block will be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to be streaming, uh, Among Us, uh, with a bunch of community friends, a bunch of industry friends, and also, uh, a member of the dev team from Among Us, Forrest, is going to play with us, and also Victoria Tran, who is their community, uh, coordinator, uh, and so that's going to be a really good time, so come out and please support us, and, uh, help raise some money for good cause. I just want to um, plug that
3: if you're coming by at 10 a.m. Eastern you're going to watch me play Sonic Adventure 2.
0: Hell yes. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna be, oh, yeah. I'm going to be there all day. That's what I'm so. doing.
3: Am I going to spend one hour and 50 minutes of that two-hour block in the Chow Garden? To try to stop me. <laughs>
7: that, was, that was my next question. I was like, will the Chow Garden make an appearance? You know oh, the well, Chow it. Garden will
3: make multiple appearances. It's about oh, time you play Chow a good Garden. Animal Crossing uh, game. Uh, <laughs>
6: john we lose uh you? this this john, weekend uh
0: finn and i are going to be recording our first episode of our what what's
6: that no sorry i just thought we lost you for a moment uh
0: this weekend finn and i are going to be recording our first oh no 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 i'm here uh this weekend <laughs> finn and i will be recording our first episode really? of dual daddies uh which is our going to be our new uh sdgc podcast about two dads who are raising kids uh who are gamers uh of course my son is 12 and finn has a beautiful young daughter coming into the world soon and so we are going to share perspectives and we are also going to bring on moms and dads who are gamers who have children who are gamers and talk to them about their experiences uh as well so and this will be not just a limited time thing but finn and i are going to just keep on doing this podcast uh so we're we're extremely excited about that um, and one last message to everybody, uh, in chat and here on the podcast, you know, we're starting a new year and I know that 2020 was tough and right now things in 2021 are, are tough as well. And we are entering into, um, what could potentially be uh, a week of unrest, uh, here in the United States. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. There's a lot of fear, um, but I wanted to let everybody know that as that I think we're going to be OK um, as long as we stay to stay true to each other and we look out for each other and we stand up for each other. Um, you know, I, I, I firmly believe right now or I have to believe that there's more good in the world than bad. And the, the family that I've gathered here on SDGC and the love that we have in the chat every week um, kind of reinforces that for me. Um, so it's very important over the next week, take care of each other, look out for each other, check up on each other, be careful, um, uh, you know, stay safe, do whatever you have to do. Uh, My DMS are open. If anybody wants to talk or if anybody just needs to vent or ask questions about what's happening, Um, I have experience in that kind of stuff. Uh, So I'm more than willing to take some time out to talk to you, but more than that, just be good to each other and take care of each other. Let's, let's, let's start 2021 off. Uh, new. Um, let's let's all turn over a new leaf and be good to each other because as we say in this podcast, kindness costs nothing. It really doesn't. Um, so let's, let's all make a pledge to each other to do that. I am so thankful for the community that we've built. I'm so thankful for my friends here and my family on the podcast. I wouldn't have made it through 2020 without any of you. Um, and I'm going to continue to count on you, all of you, to get me through 2021. And you can count on me to help you get through as well. Um,
7: so with that, if nobody has anything um, else, I, go ahead. Can I just add a little thing on that? Um, I learned the hard way last week that also ignoring your own mental health, uh, can end very poorly. Um, I got a wake up call, uh, that I really wasn't taking enough time, uh, to take care of myself as well. So while you're checking on other people, remember to take care of yourself and t- Unplug if you need to. Do something you enjoy if you need to. Take a walk. Take a nap. Um, everybody that you're listening to on this show was there for me when I was not functioning last week. Um, and they mean the world to me. And I just want everybody listening to remember that you can look out for other people, but you got to also be careful and watch out for them because... It'll catch up to you eventually. Um, so I want everybody to stay safe, take care of yourself, and take care of each other.
0: Extremely well said, Justin. And with that, uh, we will be back next Friday, or next Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, just as we are. Remember, kindness costs nothing. Final Fantasy VI is amazing. Have a good night. Final Fantasy VI is not that great.
5: Final yeah, Fantasy VI on. is the best one. Sorry.